Hello, and welcome into this latest episode of the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. My name is Logan, and I'm happy to have you aboard. Today, we are going to be beginning a new series, The Fruits of a Life of Trust. And today's message is entitled, Trust, God's Requirement for Blessing. I hope that you stay to listen to this broadcast, and I hope that you are blessed by it. Have you ever been in a hopeless situation? A situation to where, uh, as Christians, and even non-Christians sometimes, they'll often say, why is God allowing this to happen? And for Christians, it's an expression usually of sorrow, of frustration, of genuine confusion, and of doubt. Doubt of God's promises, doubt of God's security, doubt of God's presence. For non-believers, some of it has a similar expression of doubt, of unbelief, and they use the sorrow and the pain within their lives to further their own cause and as evidence of their unbelief. And today we're going to be beginning a new series in trust, and we're going to be discussing the fruits of a life of trust. That is the name of the series. This is going to be spanning uh, probably, I would say, 10 to 12 weeks. We're going to be studying life. We're going to be studying what it means to trust God with our life. And we're going to be looking at things that we can apply to grow our trust and how our lives will benefit when we trust God. So I want to start off with a piece of scripture out of Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. It's a very popular verse. I'm sure that you've heard it in the past. It's, Trust in the Lord God with all of your heart. Lean not onto your own understandings. Acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. And this is a powerful verse from the powerful writings of Solomon and the Proverbs. And it's a verse that we're going to be referring back to throughout this entire series, and it's one that we can use as a principle to follow within our lives to be able to grow our trust in Christ. But today we're going to be taking a look at a story from the Old Testament. We're going to be taking a look in the book of Joshua. And to set up our our context here, the Israelites have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years now. They've been under the leadership of Moses. Moses has just passed away, and Joshua has been named and is the successor of Moses. Joshua is preparing to lead the Israelites into the promised land, but in order to get there, Joshua must fight, he must battle, in order to be able to obtain the land that the Lord has granted them. So Joshua at this time is preparing to to charge into the land of Canaan. And he is very he is very fearful. The people within the land of Canaan were very powerful. They were very strong. Joshua was afraid of defeat. 
Additionally, Joshua was afraid that the people would turn on him if there was defeat. If something did not go right, he was afraid that the Israelites would turn on him. He was afraid of the task that God had given him. But the Lord strengthened Joshua and encouraged him. And that is where our scripture comes from today. Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Verse 6 reads, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of law, excuse me, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then you will be able to make your ways prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So here, God is trying to encourage Joshua. He's calling Joshua to, to a place of courage, telling him that the battle is won. The battle is won. The land is yours. The battle is already won, but you have to put your trust in me in order to obtain it. You have to put your trust in me in order for me to be able to grant it to you. So you ask, well, why does God want us to put our faith in him? Why does God want us to put our trust in him? Well, first, putting our trust in God shows that we have faith. It shows that we are faithful to him. It shows that we love him enough to be able to say, God, I don't know what is happening. I don't know why you've allowed this in my life. Um, or you think, I can't overcome this challenge. I can't overcome this. I don't know why this is what I have to face. But I trust you. I trust you. I trust you to deliver me through this. I trust you to get me through this. And when we put our trust and our faith in God, that honors him. It honors him. It is a form of praise towards him to say, God, I trust you. And it glorifies him. Additionally, it shows that we are obedient. We are obedient to God. God tells us to put our trust in him. God tells us to put our faith and to put our trust in him. And when we do that, we are submissive. And we are obedient to God. We are following his commands and we are following his instructions. Additionally, it helps us to go to uh, grow closer to him. We can go grow closer to Christ and cultivate an intimate relationship with God by, sum by submitting to him and by showing faith and putting our trust in him. When you put your faith and your trust in somebody else, does that not grow a sense of intimacy between the two of you? And we're not talking about physical intimacy um, that a lot of people would associate with that word today. We are talking about something much more. We are talking about a spiritual intimacy, a true loving, joining together intimacy. 
we can have that when we put our faith and our trust in Christ. If two partners in today's world, if a man and a woman who are married do not have trust in one another, if they do not trust one another, that relationship is doomed to fail. There can be no intimacy where there is no trust. It is a key component. Additionally, putting our trust in God allows him to work in our lives. When we put our trust in God, and when you truly put your trust in God, you open the door of your life. You open the door of your life. You open every single area of your life. True trust is opening every single area of your life and saying, God, come in. Change me. Lord, I trust you to completely change my life. Lord, I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my relationships. I trust you with my job. I trust you with my kids. I trust you with every single area of my life. I trust you with every single area. When we do that, when we submit to Christ, and when we say, God, I trust you, and I trust you in every single area, we will show our faith. We will be obedient. We will be following his will. We will grow closer and to create an intimate relationship with him. That can only happen when we put our trust in him. So what are some of the benefits of trusting God? Well, first we learn that God will fulfill the desires of our heart. And when I say that, I feel like a lot of people say, wow, I just have to put my trust in God and I become a millionaire? No. You see, because when you truly trust in God, when you truly put your faith and your trust in God, you will begin to change. Your life will be changed. You will change from the inside out. Your life will be altered. You will change. And you will embrace a Christian walk and a Christian life. And a part of Christian walk and a Christian life is dying to our old desires. Dying to our greed, our lust, and our perversions. We die to those things. And when we are walking with Christ, the only way to walk with Christ is to truly begin to walk in God's will. And when we walk in God's will... We will desire God's will. And by putting our trust in him, showing our obedience towards him, God will bless us and he will reward us with the desires of our heart. And the desires of our heart will be in line with God's will. We will also bear fruit. When we trust in God we will begin to bear fruit. And Paul described the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We will begin to experience those qualities when we trust in Christ. And that leads right into the next bullet point that I had, is that we will have peace. We will have 
an incomparable amount of peace within our life when we trust in Christ. Because we will be able to lay down every problem, every burden, every issue. We will be able to lay down before Christ and say, God, I trust you with this. God, I know that you will be here for me during this. I know that the victory is yours. I know that you are in control. So that is why I'm going to put my complete trust in you. And when you come to a point to where you can honestly say that and believe that in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, when you come to that point, you will experience a peace that you have never experienced before. And as long as you walk within the will of God and within God's plan for your life, you will experience that peace no matter what storm ravages and comes your way, no matter what issue crosses you, no matter what burden falls before you. When you believe that, when you trust in that, when you trust in God, and when you apply that principle, and when you truly mean that principle, apply it to your life and live by it, nothing can shake you. Additionally, when we trust in Christ, we walk we walk in God's will. And when we tr- walk in God's will, that means that we have God's hedge of protection over us. And when I say that, I do not mean that the Christian life is an easy one to live. I do not mean that heartache and sorrow will never come our way, will never cross our path. What it does mean is that God is looking out for us. God is protecting us. And when God protects us, he will protect us from Satan. He will protect us from outside influences. At that point, and when you trusted Christ as your Savior, You hired the best security team in the entire world in God. The only thing that is allowed to touch the life of a believer in the life of someone that is walking in the will of God is that which is permittable by God. That which God allows that is why we have an, we have an issue to where so many people will be deep within their walks and with Christ. I've seen people that are deep within their walks in Christ, and I've seen those that are that 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 are freshmen in the walk. And something tragic will happen, and most of the time it is it is often a death. It is often the death of a loved one. And when that takes place. Their entire walk collapses. Their entire walk collapses. They walk away from God. They walk away from Christ. Sometimes they might say, yeah, I still, I still believe. I still believe. But they don't have the fruit. They're not walking in God's will. And it's because they don't trust him anymore. They feel as though God 
has betrayed them. And that's a difficult issue to talk to people about, to counsel people who are experiencing that kind of heartache and those kinds of issues. I can assure you that God did not cause that heartache. He did not take that loved one for, from you for no reason. He didn't do it because he's evil. He didn't do it for the fun of it. He did it for a reason. And oftentimes, you'll discover that trials like that, the true dark times in our lives, that is when the most amount of change takes place. And the only way to experience the fruits of that heartache, to experience the fruits of that challenge, the advancement, the improvement to ourselves from those challenges, from those trials, from those misfortunes, is by having our trust in God. Because if we don't, then we have just wasted that heartache. Right? We've wasted it. Because our loved one is already dead. It's not like God's going to look down and he's going to say, wow, they wasted that trial. I gave, I gave them such a great trial so that they could grow and they could learn in their faith. I was going to do something spectacular with them and they did not respond. Well, looks like this was a waste. I guess that we can send them back down. Right? I guess that person, I can, I can just bring them back to life. It's not how it works. You have just wasted an opportunity from God to grow in your faith. You have just wasted an opportunity in your life to be able to walk within the will of God and to be able to fulfill something that is beyond fathomable to our imaginations. Because God's will is spectacular. We also know that God will never let us down. When we trust in God, we know that God will never let us down. That is, that is one of the benefits. When we truly begin to put our trust in Christ, we will have a sense, um, as I was just talking about a few minutes ago, of peace. And within that peace, we have the understanding, the root principle, that God will not let us down, that nothing will be allowed to touch us, and that God will protect us. And when I say nothing will be allowed to touch us, I mean nothing outside of the will of God will be able to touch us when we trust in him and we are walking in the will of God. And we also know that God will bless us and that he will fulfill our needs. When we trust in God, God will bless us for that trust because first, we are being obedient, we are showing faith, we are growing in our intimate relationship with him. And when we are doing those things, we can expect nothing less than blessings from God. We will experience blessings from God, and we know that God will fulfill our needs. So what are some barriers to trust? Some barriers to our trust, one of the most common one is pride. 
we become very proud of ourselves. And we say, I don't need God. I don't have to put my trust in God because I am in control of this situation. I can take care of what needs to be done. Wrong, wrong, wrong. We are in control of nothing within our lives. The only thing that we are in control of is our free will to either obey God or disobey God. And it is based off that decision that we have our consequences and that we have the stories and the chapters of our lives. Another barrier to trust is pessimism. When you truly are trusting in God and when you have your faith and your trust in God, there is no room for pessimism. There is only room for optimism because we know that God works all things for good to those who trust in him, for those that put their faith in him. So uh, that, that, that is a large barrier is when we have when you are a pessimistic person and you believe because when you're a pessimistic person, you believe obviously you must either have harbor to believe that there is no God and that the world is just working against you, or you harbor the belief that God is working against you. And it is very true, God might be working against you, because if you are not walking within His will, if you are not honoring Him, if you are not trusting Him, then He wants to bring you to a breaking point of trusting Him, of honoring Him, of turning back to Him. Another barrier to trust is our emotions. Emotions are the devil's favorite, favorite thing to work with. Satan loves to use our emotions against us. He loves to use our emotions to make us doubt, to make us fearful, to make us question God, to question what he's doing. Satan loves to use our emotions, so we have to be careful to keep our emotions in check and we have to make sure that we are denying feelings of distrust, of fear, of doubt. We have to make sure that we keep those in check. Something else that is used is the flesh. Our own carnal instincts can be a barrier to trusting God. Because... Our instincts are to trust in ourselves. Our instincts is self-sufficiency, independence, and trying to fulfill our desires by ourselves. We're in charge of our lives. We don't need anyone else. It's that flesh and carnal instincts mixed with our own pride. That can be one of the biggest barriers to trusting Christ. Something else that's a barrier is the world. The world and the idols within it. Because we can make an idol out of anything. We can make an idol out of money, out of our jobs, out of another person. And what we do is we put our trust in our idols more than God. We put our trust in our money and our financial security more than God. We put our trust in someone else more than God. 
This can be a disastrous barrier to trust. Another barrier is just the devil. Satan, he does not want us to have any trust in God. He wants us to view God as completely untrustworthy, as a completely unreliable God, that we should do anything and everything to avoid trusting him. So Satan will work, and he will work through all of these barriers to make you not trust God. He will whisper in your ear. He will put those thoughts of doubt in your mind to get you to not trust God. But we have to resist. Something else as a barrier is impatience. When we, we might start off trusting God, we might say, you know, God, I put this in your hands. I trust you to resolve this situation. A few days go by. God, what are you doing? A few weeks go by, and your trust has eroded. And it's because you're too impatient to wait on God. If you had true trust in God, you could wait an eternity for his promise to be fulfilled. You could wait an eternity for him to fulfill what he told you he was going to do. But instead, you're impatient. And finally, one of the biggest barriers to trusting God is sin. And every single one of these previous barriers I just described are sin. Sin in your life cannot lead to trusting God. Having sin will never lead to a growing, intimate relationship with Christ and to a trusting, fruit-bearing relationship with Christ. It will never happen. So how do we build trust in God? How do we build that trusting relationship? Well, first we have to make an intentional decision to trust God. We have to say, God, I am trusting you. The world might tell me to put my trust in my money, to put my trust in myself and my family. I'm shutting the world out. I'm shutting out what even reason would want me to say. And I am trusting you. We also have to monitor our thoughts and our feelings. And we have to remove and rebuke thoughts and feelings of distrust, of doubt, and of pride. We have to remove them and rebuke them. We have to deny their very existence in our thoughts, in our thought pattern, in our feelings towards a situation. We have to deny them. Next, we have to trust God in everything, even the little things. And uh, this was something that, that I did when I was building a trusting relationship with Christ. Something that I did is I would pray about everything all throughout the day. I would say hundreds of prayers every single day that were maybe only 5 to 10 seconds long. I would be in the McDonald's drive-thru 
and I would pray to God and I would say, Lord, please, please let there be quarter pounders today. Don't let them be out of them. Don't let them be empty. I'm putting my trust in you. And as silly as that seems, it's a trust-building exercise. I'm walking out the door in the morning, getting ready to go to work. Father, please let the traffic be light. Let me get to work on time. I put my trust in you. Building that intimate, trusting relationship with God is putting our trust in him for every single thing, every single faucet of our lives. If we fail to do so, how are we going to trust him with the big things? God, I don't even trust you to make sure that there's a light traffic load, but I trust you to help my loved one pull through this. I trust you to give me this new promotion, this new job. You have to trust God in everything. And as I was just talking about with my last point, pray frequently. We have to pray frequently and we have to pray about everything. We also need to saturate our hearts and our minds in the Word of God. When we read the Bible and when we saturate our minds in God's Word, what He is saying, what He is telling us, we grow in our relationship. We see God deliver on His promises. We see that God is trustworthy. We see that God is all-powerful. We see that God is worthy of our trust. And when we see that he is worthy of it, we put more and more and more of it in him. We also need to humble ourselves and stay patient. Two of the biggest barriers to trusting God is pride and impatience. So we have to humble ourselves. We have to say, God, I don't know what's going to happen. God, I don't know everything, but I trust in you. You know everything. You know how this ends. You know what you're going to do. I don't know, and I don't need to know. All that I have to do is put my trust in you. We also need to repent of sin in our lives. It's not that when we build a trusting relationship with God that we are going to become absolute saints, that we're never going to do wrong, and that we're never going to commit sin. But we need to make an effort to, A, repent of all of the sins that we have, repent of those sins, and B, make a conservative effort, make a concerted effort, excuse me, to battle those sins, to battle those temptations, and to ensure that we are not hindered by them. And finally, we need to stay focused on God. We have to stay focused on God, keep our minds focused on Him, keep our hearts trained on Him. And one of the biggest ways we can do that was with a few of the previous bullet points. And that is to repent of sin, to pray frequently, and to saturate our minds and our hearts in the Word of God. That is the first step to building trust in God, to building a life that can be fruitful. Hope that you enjoyed this message.
and I hope that you'll join us for future ones. As I said at the beginning of this episode, we are going to be uh, continuing this series for the next 10 to really even maybe 14 weeks, um, working on a sketch and an outline right now for what this series is going to include and how long it's going to be. So, for Saving Grace Outreach, my name is Logan. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Want more content from Saving Grace Outreach? Be sure to go to our website to see our devotionals and apologetics articles. Also, be sure to check out our podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Also, be sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. And finally, check us out on Instagram and give us a like and a follow. This has been the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast, a presentation from Saving Grace Outreach.